Okay, uh, I think we're recording, gentlemen. Uh, good morning, good afternoon. How are we all? Hot. Hot. Excellent. Excellent. Good. Welcome, Juka. Welcome back, Vlad. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. Britain, show the, show the people who like watching on YouTube your, um, that you, you know, your futuristic shades. Yeah, these are uh, the, the Oakley Sutros. You can only get these in the future. So... Or from Britain, be patient. Yeah. Be available shortly. <laughs> so, um, gentlemen, how are we? Let's quickly go around, just a little update on how things are going. We'll start with the, the regular cast. Uh, Mark, how are you, buddy? What, how's things in Sweden? Uh, hot, 29 degrees for the last few days. Beach at the end of my street, so that's nice. Um, yeah, football-wise, it's been quite normal. We had a camp at AIK last week with, with 170 kids, so we just split it over two football pitches. Uh, worked really, really well. Leagues are going out as normal. Uh, the National League senior has started without, without spectators. So football is still happening. Um, although the kids now, because they started in April, they're on a break for the summer, which is, which is good as well. Right. So yeah, it's 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 okay. I'm kind of looking forward to getting getting most of July off. So smashing. So lots of beach, lots of sunbathing, lots of DJing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, actually, I'm gonna play a garden party on uh, Saturday. Good. That's really good. Really good. Sweet. Brian, um, obviously, the, you've been to the future. Uh, how's things outside of the future? <laughs> the future is pretty grim. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, no. So we. Uh, um, you know, the usual format of uh, tryouts where, you know, nobody's safe. Uh, we kind of have this uh, Hunger Games approach to player selection. And, uh, you know, everybody rushes to the fields and tries to get a spot. And coaches try to pick the best players and put them all together. So we have a show to watch, you know, throughout the year. And uh, so we just finished up that process. And the getting registrations and everything normal. Um, we did have uh, a family member report one case of COVID, which means that those, those, the players that have been in contact with that player all have to quarantine for two weeks. And uh, it's, it's new territory for us, but we're playing it safe. Uh, I think statistically the kids ought to be pretty safe at this yeah. point. And uh, we just have to be careful and not, you know, contribute to the spread, I guess. I don't envy on the tryouts, mate. I mean, whose destiny did you uh, destroy? <laughs> it's, you know, after, after our last podcast, just to kind of touch on it, I realized that a lot of this is not, is not really in the interest of the, the learning of the player. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of it is in, in the interest in the development of the player. We see a high potential player or multiple, you know, high, you know, high potential or highly skilled players. And we're like, oh, just imagine what it would be like for all of those kids to play on the same team. Wouldn't that be fun to watch? And all of the, all of the actions, I think, you know, amongst the parents, uh, you know, in, in, in North America, at least, would suggest that we're, we're more in it for entertainment than anything else. Like we're setting up the spectacle. There's only really one reason that I can think of is to, you know, to pool all of the best players together on one team and, you know, create a system where they're traveling, you know, two to 600 kilometers mm. to go and play other teams. And it's, it's not necessarily to affect the challenge point because you can find that challenge point locally. Yeah. Right. But, so there's multiple mini combines. Yeah. 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 And it's like, Oh, just imagine if we got them all together, it would be so much fun to watch. Yeah. And, you know, you, you go into the games and, you know, the, the kind of the ill behavior, you know, towards referees is you know, kind of a, I guess it's a, it's a form of life in a way. Uh, but it's like we're watching Major League Baseball, you know, yelling at the umpire and everything. It's fun to watch your team win. So I think everything's come down to that. So that's, that's my latest cynical view. No. Uh, it's turning into a pageantry. It is yeah. a pageant. 
Um, it's not the first time that I've heard that actually a, a good friend of mine that coaches in the, in the area, he would, he would mention that, you know, it's a, it's a pageant and, but, but it, you know, that said, I think being a little more aware of that, I think we're in a better place to, we're in a better place to address it, to make sure that we can bring the focus back to the experiences of children. That's the first step, isn't it? That's the first step. Yeah. You, 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 yeah. You're aware, you're investigating, you're looking at better options. So good for you. Um, yeah. Vlad, welcome back. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, over here, we got uh, just what Mark said, plus, plus 29. And uh, as soon as I was done with my duties in the office, I exploited the weather and the opportunity to go outside and have a swim and uh, have a run in the forest. I don't have I don't have such fabulous glasses, but you know, have to have to manage with what I have. You're gonna need One some. Day. You're gonna need some. Um, and I'm pleased to um, uh, obviously introduce Juka. Now, Juka, can you say your last name for me? Yes, it's Tiikka. Uh, yeah, even the Finns don't get it right, so so it's it's rather complicated. Yeah, well, I'm definitely not getting it right. And you are. Yeah. Um, you're head of education, sports, exercise, and well-being at an institution, correct? Yes, yes, I am. And I, I could continue the talk we had just uh, briefly and show you the claims. It's nice weather and lots of sports happening. So Look at that. restrictions are lifted in Finland. So it's, it's, it's kids are getting back to sports, kids and also a little bit older kids. Living the dream there. It looks like the field but, of dreams. Yeah, and you're watching I, your you're watching your daughter's soccer game, I believe. Yes, yes. I I, I promise to be a kind of a assistant assistant coach. So so whenever I have time, I'll I'll join the practices and and games. So they are they are about to kick off in 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 thirty minutes or so. All but right, it's well. all taken care of. So so other people are taking care of that at the moment. I'm on my mobile. So so if you don't mind, I could switch off the the video connection so, no so just to keep the audio so just to say hi yeah no problem and well uh, obviously there'll be no bad language once that game kicks off i'm sure you'll be very well uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Good, good. and you don't you don't want, want to see my facial gestures after the game so <laughs> exactly. get that excited so yeah. exactly so um yeah juca so welcome obviously to uh, the pod um Let's just uh, explore a little bit more about, you know, what it is you do, uh, and then we'll dive more into some of your experiences and really just go off off that conversation point to, to expand. Okay, thanks first of all for for having me having me the, to join the discussion. Uh, almost past twenty years, I've more or less worked in in coach education, mostly in Finland, uh, and mostly working at the the higher education, so being responsible for Hagaheria University of Applied Sciences. But at the same time, I've tried to say stay involved at the practical level. So I work with the Finnish Federation, uh, developing their coach education system, and also two times abroad. So once in Asia, kicking off the Asian office for the International Ice Hockey Federation, and the past two years before coming back to Vierumaki, I was working for Slovak Federation, kind of a responsible for the overall system system development. More or less uh, looking at kind of at the coach education or, or how in general, how do we set up the, the system to best support the, the uh, learning and development in general. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, well, I know that a lot of us uh, on here, we've had many people who are doing similar, we're exploring similar concepts to try and obviously make their uh, environment more optimal. Um, just tell us a little bit more about, about your, your current role and you know what uh, you've been working on. Um, and I know that a lot of it's around obviously the culture around coach education. So uh, yeah, let's start there and then we'll, we'll go from, from that point. Yes, uh, so the, the current work mostly that I have in, in Vierumäki is to kind of uh, the, oversee the, the uh, education, sports, exercise, all in all. So it's kind of a role that combines both the strategic levels and operative levels. I don't get to be so much involved anymore at the operative level trying to move things forward. But especially in the past, past roles, I, I had a chance to kind of uh, 
try and implement this well what we call whether it's athlete or student-centered uh, approach or, or to create a culture where the focus is on the learning outcomes and the learner itself whether it's the study context or sport context and 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 how do we build that how the culture influ influences the fact how we kind of perceive the word how we react how we behave uh, with the athletes uh, or with the students and how do we then at the institutional level when we run things how can we change those, this adaptive behavior what mm. do we have to do in terms of organizing ourselves uh, in terms of kind of a performance uh, development system at the, at the staff level to, to try and help people to kind of overcome their habits. They, teachers, like coaches, they usually work the way they've been worked with. And, and if you kind of want to change the approach and, and, and be more learner-centered, work from the motivation, try and develop the, the environment that kind of appropriately challenges and, and, and supports the development. Uh, how do we basically as an institution, how we can, can kind of uh, uh, introduce this kind of uh, uh, and facilitate this kind of change process. In Slovakia, kind of a, or before that experience, I was more idealistic that, that if you if you just stay persistent with the course everything's possible but but during those two years i came to realize that it's all all of this is heavily influenced by the how the society views mm. the role of the coach or the teacher and how all other institutions as work how the education system works what are the needs of the business system so if, if the country is more or less operated with the traditional assembly line uh, uh, business, then it's really hard where, where basically staff members are expected to do what they are told and not to think outside of the box, not to be creative. Then it's extremely difficult uh, to create a learning system where you would kind of encourage different type of qualities what mm -hmm. many of the western countries are now of course they are facing that that they to develop the the, the business side you have to you have to you, you more or less rely on country like finland we don't have many natural resources we rely on on people getting better all the time trying to create uh, and find new ways new solutions create new innovations and 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 kind of a create something out of that in terms of business wise that, that would kind of a support the society. But if you don't have this basic drive, if you are like many countries are still in this phase where they more rely on this kind of a assembly line setup, usually the school system is also then something that 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 basically supports the development of more or less the traditional fixed mindset type of approach that okay you just do what you are told follow the manual you are able to do the same work whether you are in in britain or or, or india uh, going back to the history of that system or the victorian school system so this kind of this is quite long monologue about the, this whole phenomenon but but these are the, some of the issues that i've had a chance to to kind of work with and and some of the you could perhaps say conclusions that, that sort of uh, I've personally drawn based on that that experience. Yeah, hey, these um, these uh, your your conclusions are quite similar to mine. This Tayloristic uh, assembly line and the Victorian school system—it's—it's it's still this—it's still um, quite an, an inherent barrier to uh, to any changes um, yes. in particularly in, if we take it just in sport organizations there they just really are very very strong social cultural constraints that we're kind of trapped in some path of dependency so 
So it's it, it's really interesting, but I, I am finding um, particularly in the last thing that there are questions being asked about this, and they're coming from a lot of younger coaches. So, like tomorrow, I'll be speaking with the national federation, but this is actually being pushed by a younger coach who's been persistently asking questions. Yes, so yes. even though we're not going to change everything, of course, but it's, it's really exciting to hear a lot of young coaches. Um, in your um, experience in, in your work in the university, in your work in sports edu education, have you seen any little ripples like this in the last few yeah, months? Where yes, 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 a, a lot. And of course, in, in, in Finland, it's, it's, uh, it's easier. You see more and more this type of behavior. I think with some of those more traditional societies, the challenge is, is that how do we then support these people who understand what is, is being discussed here? Because what happens usually based on my experience that, okay, well, we can perhaps uh, motivate and inspire some of the people that, okay, well, perhaps there's a better way of building things in terms of supporting that individual, whether it's athlete or student. Mm -hmm. Uh, but when usually what happens is that when that person then goes back to club level, kind of a traditional environment is, is again facing all the expectations of the parents and perhaps yeah. the club board and other people around. So usually then this kind of a inspiration slowly fades away. And, and this is something that, that we are now in Finland starting with the new strategy for the Olympic Committee to discuss more that how do we move this process forward at different levels? So it's not only coach educators having their discussion and then the club, uh, uh, you could say the leadership or the board people then having their own discussions and parents having their own discussion, but people coming together at the system level and discussing that, okay, how, what do we expect from the environment that we build for our kids and what does that mean in terms of the expectations we have for the, the coaches or the, the board members or the, the, the operative management, for, for example, or the parents. So if you get, correct me if I'm wrong, so instead of say a national governing body implementing a strategy, you're actually investigating through your own culture and the needs of your people by actually asking the people and people in certain positions at multi-levels from university yes. coaching. Yes, yeah. okay. yes, and of course, usually the governing bodies, mostly I think Finland, Sweden, probably not too much different, but usually they already, when they build their strategy, they of course, they involve the people who are involved, what are the expectations. So you can see this discussion going on, but what, I've experienced this, that some of these issues kind of uh, uh, are quite abstract and hard to grasp. So people are still, they are, they are happy to discuss. They kind of see the point, it all sounds so good. Mm. But when they go back and you start thinking and discussing that, okay, how do, what do we expect in terms of the behavior? And how do we set up the training environment? How do we expect coaches to, to behave and things like that? Then it all, all already becomes much more difficult. And especially in those kind of moments when the, the pressure from the outside increases. So then people, even though they start to kind of learn and develop the new techniques, mm. uh, easily what happens when the pressure gets higher, they kind of lean back to the kind of the familiar old yeah you fall back in societal culture yes 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 this is this is what i've kind of noticed that that there's a tendency even for those kind of inspired people that you, you have to have really strong kind of a uh, will to 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 push this forward to to go through all those struggles that you are actively all the time develop and discuss solutions that okay hey this is what we agreed instead of this could we do this and when you face again people question the choices and and and, and those the solutions then you still have the courage to 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 explain further and demonstrate and show and 
and and and what we've noticed in some some sports already in Finland when we've kind of had this discussion in Finland we you could say we more or less started in hockey 2012 so it's already we we have I think there's enough time to to go through this process uh, then when you get to that point it, it's it's easier you get one person supporting the other and again the second and third and it you start it, it's easier to start getting things moving when you all the time start getting you get more and more examples how to do it and 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 when things start changing you get also also experience of the positive impact it has mm. on the on the kids and many young athletes from from the the more successful sports they they a lot of their career they've actually developed in this kind of culture where they have been challenged with questions they are, their autonomy has been supported and so forth yeah so it seems like that and it's something i believe that we need to start building a lot of these ed, our education if you want to call them we just call them frameworks so they'll be more flexible we need to build them on well-being more that that means in focus i i, I mean i know that finland has been a lot in the news about its education, its school education, which it's very hard for us as an outsider to to look. I mean, can have you give, can you give us some insights into into the, edu- the school system education, how it's been cha- changing in Finland? Yes, well, the education system was essentially now recently uh, changed based on these same principles. What I believe we are discussing. Okay here and what are common for us but I think a lot of the success for the Finnish system was based on perhaps a little bit different things of course you can see in, in traditional Finnish system also the facts that well Finnish kids go to school a little bit later so they have time people say that they have time to explore the nature play be kids longer mm. usually they have long te- teacher student relationships so you get to kind of a develop uh, personal connection you get to learn and know one another you you learn to treat different people differently respectful respectfully also when you get to know them more also teachers through the history have had uh, co- in comparison with many other societies more autonomy and the schools have had more autonomy to 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 implement new methods so the the education or the curricula is no stri- not so strictly uh, governed by the, the 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 national bodies than in many other countries, mm. and I think some okay. of those. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's, this is the impression that I have also that that in Canada it's also it's quite strictly controlled and managed, and there's not so much space for for. Freedom and, and so you, you could say independent thinking of the teachers or the schools, and, and 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 now we are of course trying to preserve that, but also then uh, also build kind of at the curricular in school systems that that also would not be would have a little bit more flexibility also in terms of how you learn things in what speed at what uh, period of time and so forth that okay everybody needs to have certain skill set but people develop differently in different areas and and for us to support uh, the kind of uh, the autonomy perceived competence uh, we need to kind of uh, allow that to happen yeah okay what I'm getting from this is that and it's something I, it, it actually aligns with with a lot of what we've discussed in the podcasts previously and my own personal convictions is that we we have we have these education coaching education structures that are really and national structures which are just based on some Tayloristic uh, assembly line uh, lineage where 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 coupling perform uh, learning with performance at a snapshot often just at a snapshot of time. But it seems what you're discussing in the direction you Finland is taking, you know, public learning and well-being. Yes, I, and 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 this is still, of course, we are we are in the middle of change. So, but but this is what we. Tr-
try to change that we wouldn't serve everybody the same treatment and it's kind of but then you would expect the same results that we are more talking now about the kind of the competencies the objectives that uh, as a coach how do you need to work how do you behave how do you set up the the, the training environment how how you uh, work through the games and and then there should be a certain flexibility in terms of how different people set up their learning process. For different people, it might be easier to, to learn some things through more traditional methods, but but the same methods may may be completely wrong for some other people. And 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 what we try to do and what we what we Vlad also I I don't know if you discussed about this earlier, but what we try to do even with University of Applied Sciences that to build a lot of this learning uh, into the real environment. So combine the real coaching cases with the studies. So you kind of move the coaching process forward. You, you, you pause, you analyze, you discuss what happened, why it happened, and, 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 and you reflect. And, and then you, again, you work. So I have a, so, I have a question for you guys, and it's uh, without these, without these federations or governing bodies, what would we expect? What would you guys expect would happen with coaches in, you know, in their behavior and their education? Like where we, where would we lean? Uh, I, I, I don't uh, try and, and change or give the impression that, I don't believe that we need any national governing bodies. Ideally, of course, we national governing body they they understand this situation and they are kind of the change agents and 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 help. Let's say, like in Finland, a national governing body for any particular sport, then they they support clubs in change in this change, but. But sometimes, especially in more developed sport, uh, you may you may learn the best practices uh, from the field, so to say. So, mm -hmm. so you may have already some clubs that are really advanced in their thinking, in their methods, and of course, good national governing body also is able to to benchmark those cases and help spread that information forward. Yeah, so in I that just want. I, I just wonder if, if uh, you know, people as, you know, human beings, if we have, uh, you know, a tendency uh, to, because we formed, we have formed these structures, right? It's, it's been kind of a natural emerging process to, to form yes, these structures yes. and these, um, these governing bodies, whether it be at a club level or at a national level, you know, have, have emerged, uh, you know, pretty, pretty naturally. So I kind of wonder what, what would be the tendencies of, say grassroots coaches without these supporting structures mike what do you what do you think it would look like in your in your neck of the woods to not have the organization of the structure and if every team was you know more or less on its own <laughs> um I mean, culturally right now in, in Canada and North America, everything that you could mention about kind of that assembly line, it's definitely there. So has that been created from the governing body, the, the, the approach, or is that just deeply embedded from all of the different governing bodies that have done it? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I would obviously go on the ladder that it, it's probably that it's just deeply embedded. I would see that the governing body has to try and facilitate conversations like we're having now to at least get possibly younger or anyone, but as Mark said, the younger generation to maybe start to probe and ask more questions, because I think that's the only way that you're ever going to get to a point where it can slowly start to, to evolve. Um, I mean, if we leave them to our own devices, will, will the conversation ever change? I'm, Probably going to say not with the existing culture that's deeply embedded. I just don't see it evolving anytime soon. I think if we left it alone, um, you'd see much of the same. Yeah. 
And, and the reason, take, reason what, I say that is like, if you look at the example of COVID right now, we are in our province about to go back to programming and we've built our programming really with the health and well-being at the forefront. We're actually not labeling groups. We're not doing teams. But the majority of other programs that we know that are probably going to surface in and around us, they're going to go back to the way it was. Just exactly go back to the way it was. Um, but again, is that a part of awareness? Is that because I'm fortunate to have, you know, people like yourself at my disposal to, to, to explore these conversations and experience? Probably. So I think that's where the governing body needs to take their role is to just really poke holes in existing systems that, that are there. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, I think, uh, I think as coaches, I think we have a tendency as we, as we gain more experience that we've been through the, you know, the process of, you know, guiding young children and everything. I, I think over time we become more patient, but I, I think initially, initially we don't know what to expect and we don't know what, you know, what's going to happen in the future. And it seems like we try to shorten the journey as much as possible to find out what's going to happen as quickly as possible. So, um, in a way we've kind of compressed the journey. So I think a lot, a lot of coaching comes in where, yeah, they'll eventually, you know, they'll eventually learn it, but they're going to learn it better. Or sorry, they're going to learn it faster. If I, if I start coaching it, right. I'm going to move this, I'm going to move this along. So I, I, think, I don't, Britain, I think that's just yeah. one of the tendencies that Yurka was pointing to is terroristic assembly line. That's all about control controlling yeah. the means of production and the amount of production, etc. So that, that's yeah. very ingrained in our culture and society still in, in the Western world. Really. Mark, I mean, can I mention the last you to... Yeah. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah, I'm... Uh, Britain, I think that, that was your question uh, the last time when I was here, that, that they will... Do we need the system of the game? And my, my reply was that it gives a sense of certainty it gives a sense of safety to the parents that hey i give my uh, kid to the club and that's what they're going to do and i know that it's going to be happening and just you know getting back to exactly to the to the mark's comment that that you know it there needs to be control in our mind that we need to control it to make sure that not nothing goes left and right and you know that's my experience of you know, living in Finland for nine years and going through school in here and then going to Russia to present the coaching seminars there. And uh, some of my ideas, funny enough, more accepted by the older generation of coaches than by the younger ones who were just transitioning from, from the uh, professional game into the coaching because they believe the right way of coaching is the way how they've been coached on a pro level. And the same thing would be acceptable with the, U8 and U10s and so on and so on. And I, I get the comments that, hey, Vlad, you know, great Russian for a Finn, but, you know, but your methods out here, I don't think they're going to work. And then the next, uh, the next coach with who I would interact with, who, who coached at the World Juniors, who coached at the Olympic Games, comes to me, hey, Vlad, that's, that's you know, that's how I believe things need to be working. So, you know, Thinking about my background in, in Russia, that's interesting to see how, you know, despite the stereotype that everything is so controlled, that there are coaches who think in a way that, okay, maybe things are happening in a bit more nonlinear fashion than the linear one. Yeah. To, that, to that point as well, I, I mean, if you look, if we turn it back on like the institution that's responsible, I mean, I would say, particularly using one that I live in, it's turning a corner. I mean, we're no longer even taking the same approach to coach education as an assembly line. And that's making people uncomfortable now that are coming on the course. You see that. They, they actually go from A to B. When they've left the course, they want to be at B. And we're saying there is no end point here. Like, you're going to explore this. We're going to facilitate this. We're going to ask problems. We're going to, we're going to poke holes in a lot of the things that we do, some things that we need to explore. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's... It, it, I, I, this is a question I have though for Juca because he mentioned that idealistically he stuck to his guns um, in, in what well, he wanted to stick to his guns when he was uh, with the Slovak in, uh, organization, but slowly started to understand that, it, you know, society is going to influence obviously where he can get. I guess my question to you, uh, Juca, is well, 
what is the next step then if it's if you think that society is not willing to come along and i think you used the phrase when we were emailing you know if they're going to be passive um how do you move it how do you move it and apologies i really want to hear this and juke you are on mute because i heard the game was getting closer to you and you might be uh okay okay so yeah that was by by accident but what i was was um thinking while i i listened to your you speak i i kind of it's 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 kind of a complicated issue because i see that this is all comes down really much to kind of a value self-image identity so if the whole society around us parents teachers everybody is kind of a they they behave in a certain way and we have to we are building our our identity self-image all the time by by meeting these kind of expectations it and and as a part of that you get down to all this kind of a controlling behavior if i want to be a good coach i have to do these things in order i'm expected to treat the players like this my the worthiness of me coaching is 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 going to be dictated by whether my team wins or loses so what we've discussed always always or or sometimes then with especially in finland is is that okay how do you then create a system where you where you get people to to face this kind of a positive identity crisis because a lot of the people who they they start changing and are kind of a uh, speaks person for this change in finland the older experienced successful coaches they usually come down with the fact that well for me the change happened when i was fired or when i had to rebuild kind of a, the my identity as a coach and 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 the question is that okay how do we then if we want to 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 move this forward uh, at the system level uh, I think I think it's it's extremely and especially these Eastern European countries, which are heavily still still uh, dependent on the certain type of uh, industry and with that certain type of labor force, it's going to be extremely difficult for them to to change this approach. I know many teachers in Slovakia, for example, who who and coaches who who would be who would be kind of a or who are struggling now that they can't really uh, express themselves at the work like they would want to because of the facts that they are they are surrounded by such a different expectations so so I think that that what is needed and this comes down to also those national governing bodies that first of all you kind of a, this, this, there has to be a kind of a uh i don't know if the statement of purpose is, is kind of uh, the right term in this sense but you need uh you need change agents to move this forward whether it's a person or organization and 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 you need to 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 express your willingness to move in this direction but that alone is not enough but at least it shows the people that this is where you want to be then you of course need uh need those examples you need to and 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 and, and whether it's a small isolated thing or the the way how you set up let's say the whole club environment you need those kind of examples and and and, and you need to to benchmark those spread those and encourage those that this type of uh behavior i think that's the only way to move I, I I feel when you start having that and, and and the experience that we've had, we had a lot of resistance. For example, this lot probably doesn't remember, but when we started in 2012, uh, uh, we had a lot of more experienced teachers who were really struggling with this change. But later, came back and or actually turned out to be the, the loudest spokes, spokespersons for this whole change. So, so. Uh, we need to be kind of a persistent for this. Uh, you need leadership when you want to kind of uh, really introduce these changes. Uh, enough 
you need enough people, enough organizations around to develop these kind of solutions. So basically to have the same purpose and, 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 and with that, I think then there's a chance for all of, for this kind of a positive disease to slowly spread. I don't know if this is a good reference now at this time yeah. <laughs> to, in the middle of pandemic, but kind of a, I, I kind of a see it, see it a little bit the same way that, that, that good things still have a tendency to spread when they get enough space to grow. And yeah, I, I, can, I can relate to that, Juka, because soccer in, in Nova Scotia, there's a lot of, I'd say, there's a lot of younger um, leaders who are trying to, I think, battle for these, these changes. But the system around us, the wider sports, is not having these conversations with They want the assembly line approach. And we're always against it because the, the examples that we always get thrown at us is, well, that's not what they do. And then we've been doing this for 10 years and et cetera, et cetera. And we don't have the examples on the other side to, to try and build that connection, to try and move the conversation further. I mean, I actually have to use Mark's club, but then the, the reality is we are in two different cultures. So we've got, again, it's not the right example, but we don't have any local examples to really demonstrate what it is we're trying to do. Yes, yes. Yeah. I, can, I, I came into Virumaki in 2015 and I can, I can refer to what Yuka said, my positive identity crisis happened in my first year there. That like, wow, it can be done other way. And then I was very fortunate in my last year, like uh, during the summer, I was uh, working in the camp with uh, one uh, uh, professional Finnish coach named Erka Westerlund, who is, Yuka, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he was the founder of the DP program. And, uh, and like, I learned so much from, from him that how much of uh, athlete-centered and autonomy supportive coaching you can do on a professional level, even though he was coaching the Russian team. And then, you know, it's a, it's a long story what happened as a result. But what I, uh, what happened was that I was exposed and I was shown the example of, Hey, that could be done differently. And it could be even done on a very high level. It just, you need to think a little bit and identify what are the routes I can take here or there to make sure that the environment that I create is actually been beneficial for my, for my athletes. And that was pretty much my, my bachelor thesis out there. Mm. What, I think it's, all, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Mike. No, I was just going to say like, it, it's funny. Like I've got two hats. I've got the environment that you're responsible for with the players. I found that the types of uh, environments we've built based on some of the theory that we're talking about, the, pe the kids love it because in fact you you're letting them off the hook like you're letting them go they can be created but it, it's that system part and i've been in that chair when i've been trying to you know try and influence the system it has been a struggle it has been a struggle so yeah it's a weird one because you've got your, your own specific culture your, your subculture if you will within your team but then you've got the wider culture the wider one i don't know i mean it's it's something i'm continuing to try and figure out and solve Oh yeah, and for myself, you know, I'm I'm been born and raised in Russia pretty much, and now these these nine years in 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 Finland that had quite a great impact on me in the way how I see learning and how I see uh, coaching. But nevertheless, there is still a little a little bit of Russia living within me in the way how I approach things because you know that's just you cannot take the culture out you know with every everything without it plus. Both of my parents are working in school, so you know to in, to an extent I I have that uh, uh, that little part of me that is you know that is uh, still still out there and it's you know when I speak with my colleagues from Russia they can they can see that hey you, like your mind is kind of there but you're you're a bit different in a way how you are talking about things right. and like I. Like I said, there are people who do understand me and there are people who are, who are a bit challenging my current beliefs. Mm. I, I, uh, I keep kind of coming back to what, what are the, what are the goals? What are the goals and the objectives of the, of the organization, whether it's, a, whether it's a team or whether it's a club, whether it's a, you know, a governing body, 
what what is it that uh, you know what is it that the Finnish Federation wants out of all of this? Like, what are they trying to do? Well, it's not. I mean, it, I, I tell the, I say this all the time. We want in our industry, in particularly yours and mine, Britain. We want as many kids and members playing the sport, loving the sport, and being active in the sport. That's our job. You know, our job isn't the the one percent or if the you know the point one percent, if you will. But again, that is that cultural belief that they have to get them to that point. Um, and it's very challenging to, 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 even though it makes so it makes so much sense and it's not difficult to actually explicitly describe what our purpose is. It's still pushed back by many because you're, you're, you're not, you know, hanging your hat on that. You're going to get them to the, the professional level. They just don't want to hear it. Mark, what is it? What is it at uh, AIK, especially in the youth? Objectives. We have three like main goals. Yeah. Since 2017, since we removed the early selection, we started making some structural and pedagogical changes in how we're pedagogically working, using both an experiential knowledge and empirical knowledge. So the strategy, if you want to call it, as, I don't like call it a strategy, it's kind of aims would be the first one is the well-being of children. Second is to follow the United Nations Convention on the Rights of Children and governing documents in Swedish sport. And the third is to have more players playing in under 16, under 17, under 19, and senior teams. When you say more players, Mark, do you mean they've come through your yes. Yes, right. in our system all the way up? Yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, if we can have, I think in our measurements, Britain, if, I don't know if you have senior programs, but if we have more kids that are playing in our senior program, for fun, for social reasons, when they're doing their day and they've come through our club youth system, we've done we we've done it. That that's that for me is the that's what we're after. And if one or two go on to bigger and better things, that's great. But for me, the bigger the bigger achievement is the fact that we've got more people involved. Of course. And I'd be shocked if any governing body told you otherwise, because and particularly in North America, where the, the pyramid's upside down. The more people play in, the more money that goes to the federation. <laughs> um, it's it's true. I think I think that's like a, like a pretty clear goal. But then when we kind of trace some of the steps back, uh, in order to create some kind of excitement, you know, we start selling the the elite level this or that or whatever, and then this system becomes discriminatory, and we're working against ourselves, mm -hmm. right? But uh, it's it's interesting. I I, uh, I I battle with this in our environment because you know if you go to the website and you look at the code the the actions of the club and the coaches and everything I think we're you know we're supporting our mission to keep kids active and to kind of support an active lifestyle. This is why we introduce them to other sports and it's not so soccer specific, but uh, it seems like the 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 appetite in the market is really for elite and the best and you know we're still we're still a decent size, decent size organization, but uh, I find that people, it, it seems like people more or less default to the clubs that saying we're going to develop the elite players, right? What we're is, the, I mean, we're the pathway to MLS and that sort of thing. What is elite for children? Like, what does that even look like? Yeah. And it is, it's, it's, it's advertising, but then you in, you're in a, uh, you're in a privatized, this is a market, right? And, uh, the, the, the mission, the nonprofit mission has to be, has to be marketed to some extent so that people don't fall into this system again, that's discriminatory against late matures. It's discriminatory against those that don't want to train three, four, five times a week, uh, and it's discriminatory against players that don't have the the financial or family resources to make it to trainings, games, tournaments, traveling, that sort of thing. Actually, can you turn Yuka back on, please? Is he? Yes, yes, I can. I can. I, can I have. I have um, a question. Just relevant to something that Britain said there. I mean, I guess one thing, and this is the discussion we had last week, is that this is the geographical 
nature of Finland that can be quite large distances between towns and yeah. teams. And does how are you looking to have you any thoughts on this? Because they, there's a tendency then to get the best players that are the best with the best as soon as possible to go on and play yes, the this next. Is, yes, yes. This is, this is in general this is getting better, but I, I think personally that uh, this is now we are talking about one of them, and you were mentioning it earlier, also in the discussions that that we also in Finland we still see the same that that the system is selecting for the kids, not the kids choosing. You don't get these kind of a sport buffet environments where you would be exposed to different type of environments. You start practicing three, four, five times a week quite early on before the kid kid is actually able to mature enough to to decide what they want for themselves. But more and more discussion now is, is taking place that, okay, how do we build more flexibility? And, and one thing what has happened in many sports is that, that sort of the competition system is developed from the perspective that, that we don't use time to travel. So try to, to, to create kind of this principle of trying to create meaningful games for all the kids as close as possible. So this principle uh, up to the age of 16, 17. And then you perhaps, when, when you start looking at the situation that, that you can expect kind of a, with the identity development and all that to, to, to youth to start making their own decisions that what is the value of different things in their life, then you can start discussing that, okay, let's, do we need more competition? Do we need more competitive environment? Is, is that then a way to go in terms of finding the best environment to move players forward? But, but not to do it too soon, especially in a country like Finland, where you, where you then... Uh, uh, you, you, there's, a, there's a cost side to it, so with, with all the travel and, and also the fact that, that then big part of the time is, is used extremely inefficiently. And don't get me wrong, I, I don't mean that all the time the kids are using should be efficient use of time, but, but, but time away from, from the rest, the play, the, the social time, or the, or the nice practice time. So, mm -hmm. so, but of course, then when you look at the kids 13, 14, 15, 12, 13, 14, even I think 15, 16, the social time with the team together is also important. And in that sense, the travel sometimes to reasonable limits, I think that's one reason how to justify that. Yeah, but isn't there a problem with a lot of this? I mean, I know in North America, there's a problem with these travel teams. They end up becoming some, some sort of elite socioeconomical club. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. And, and I, think, I think this is what I, when I was listening to your discussion, that a lot of the national governing bodies in the, at the international level, I don't know so much national level, but especially the International Federation asked, more and more they are acknowledging this problem. Mm -hmm. we've, we've, ha we've had this trend already for some time and, and you really don't see the results. This kind of early selection, all these kind of uh, select teams and, and that, that, that you really you end up having a lot of uh, overuse injuries when you focus too much in specific sport. You end up having burnout and, and these kind of issues so so I, I think it, at least at the uh, when we look at the international governing bodies the, the evidence is already so strong that, that if they want to if they really kind of are, are ready to to decision makers are ready to look at the existing evidence I, I think there's a quite good consensus that well this is not the way to work mm -hmm. but I think now the question is that uh, what what is the kind of a, the new setup, new system, and how do we how do we then spread that information so that it goes to 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 all different clubs or or groups that organize sports in general? So, mm. Mm. Good. good stuff, gentlemen. Um, Juka, what's the score by the way? 
Uh, we are leading one nothing, so so it, it's they obviously they don't need coach. <laughs> Let the kids play. <laughs> it's, it's usually the I case. Can, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mark, uh, Vlad, Britain. Anything else you guys would like to uh, uh, add? Ask before we start to wrap this up. No, I think it's. Uh, I think it's good. I think. Uh, I don't know what I. I don't know what I think exactly. Um, you know, we wrapped up a really intense period of time where uh, it seems like the majority of our our efforts have been marketing, less coaching, less focused on those things, and those aren't the things that bring me joy, in particular. But uh, I think that understanding you know kind of understanding that uh this cultural influence means that people are going to want a certain experience for their child before their child has you know really explicitly said what they want out of their experience so you know the kid the kid enjoys soccer and uh then in turn mom and dad want them to have the best training or to uh you know be on the best team um because they're worried about where they'll end up if they're if they're not, if they're forgotten, if they're dismissed, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of an interesting thing. I, I think in some regards, if we see examples of us, you know, working against ourselves and our objectives. And so I think it's, uh, it's good to hear that, that, uh, I don't know, our systems and our, in our, you know, governing bodies are taking steps to, uh, I guess that fall in line with their objectives and, I think uh, we just have to be mindful of what what maybe prevents us from achieving those objectives because we are looking for a shorter, faster pathway. I would say this though, Britain, and I was having this conversation uh, only today, this morning. I think there are more families and more kids that are they're just quieter. They're just not allowed minority that want all this, you know, quick success. So I think it's, for me, it's a question I've asked myself as well is, I think there is more of an audience of people that just want what's best for their kids and let it happen and emerge naturally. And I'm going to die on that hill. And I think we have to decide which hill do you, are you willing to die on as a professional? Um, and maybe it could be, as you said, because it's so, so highly marketed, it could be a career suicide in some sense, but if it don't make you happy, why do it? Yeah. Yeah. We only Absolutely. get one go at it, right? Yep. Marky boy, anything besides getting ready to go back out for a ten? No, no. I have uh, some writing to do. Me and Vlad have a little project, and I've been working on it all day. So. Oh, little project. <laughs> I know. Again, getting back to the social cultural impact on the learning. You know, discovering a bit of that with Mark Good. on the background. Yeah, we could share it along when you when you've uh, you've got all the answers, eh? No, just better questions as usual. Oh yeah, just, just better questions. I think um, one thing is just for you to say. I think that Finland might be in an interesting position at the moment due to the international rec recognition. It's um, what do you call it? Primary school. It's it's school system has got particularly for kids up to 13 12 13 so i think there are some seeds have been planted there yuka would you agree yes i would i would agree and there's a lot of organizations like ours and and basically the whole it, it, we are in a good situation because the let's say finnish ministry of education is fighting the same fight that's so, really yes, yes. So, so you basically there's a chance to slowly move things forward. A lot of, like it was mentioned, a lot of the the, the parents are are expecting different type of environment for their kids at schools and with sports as well. So, so I I I don't think there's nothing stopping the change anymore hmm. to really evolve and move forward but but based on my experience there's really big differences on how how this whole issue is 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 being preserved and 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 how what is the readiness of different uh, countries really to implement these kind of things i was asked by one finnish coach uh, 
successful coach for quite many years now on international level. Vlad, what do you think? When uh, when is Russia going to to change the the paradigm? I I answered might take a while, but the thing is that uh, what we mentioned it you know throughout I, I believe now a couple of episodes out out here that first we need to recognize what are the strengths in the system first of all. Mm-hmm. And what can we build on? What are the bright spots of the system that we can, you know, create the inertia for the change and then slowly but surely work on the limitations and, uh, you know, mix the uh, experiential and in- empirical knowledge and, and, and create the best practices out of it. Yeah. Most said. Well, Juka, uh, again, sorry, I have to keep muting you in and out. I think the game gets closer to you and then I can, we can hear all the cheering. Um, but want to thank you for coming on. Vlad, again, um, brilliant, uh, obviously, uh, information to obviously a very interesting subject. Britain, I'm with you, man. Let's keep exploring and trying to figure this out. <laughs> no, we're good. It's just that it's the last three weeks has been like, oh, <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah, I'm with you, buddy. I'm right there next to you. Um, Mark, pleasure as always. Thank you. Okay, guys. Thank you Mike, also for my behalf, and, and thank you for for basically keeping up the discussion for the for the good things. Thank you. Gentlemen, I, I have to highlight not so often that your supervisor is with you on, on the same podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cheerio, guys. Um, yep. Okay.